Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. And welcome to T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio Podcast. The most fun you'll ever listen to while you're folding your clothes. Now let's get this straight. This is not your average podcast. T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio is super fun, super crazy. It's pretty much an in-your-face conversation. That's the good thing about us. We don't do interviews. We do conversations. All of my guests, all of my co-hosts, we chill. We drink, we play games, we have the song of the week, we have the creative curse word of the week. As long as you're having fun as our guest. Speaking of guests, each week I'm going to go through my whole contact list and dive head first into the world of music, gaming, exotic cars, tech, strippers probably, doctors probably, probably strippers that are only stripping so they can pay for tuition to become a doctor. You never know. My wife is a certified bartender. She'll make you a drink while you're here. We'll get you drunk and make you play VR after. It's a lot going on, but that's what it's all about over here at T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio well, Podcast. See episode, you soon, man. baby! Oh, we're going to talk about uh, Mercedes EQS, the new EV from them. Um, uh, maybe touch a little bit on uh, on uh, updates on the BRE cars and a little issue Troy Ermish had while racing. Yeah. First, I'll tell you about uh, Live by Live. You can check out the Live by Live app at livebylive.com for the best podcast news and uh, news you care about and personalized music stations curated by actual human beings. Anyone can make a playlist, but Live by Live has a massive team of curators and hosts that serve up the music you love and help you discover new favorites as well, all for just $3.99 per month. Try Live by Live today with a free seven-day trial at Live, it's X, Live X Live, Live by Live.com forward slash carcat. Yeah, get it on. Got to get on. The church and got to mandate. Get it on. And welcome to CarCast. I'm Adam Crowell. That's Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea. Hello. How you over doing? Over there. What's going on, man? Uh, it's uh, busy. Just been kind of been running around and had a quick trip to Arizona and going to head out to St. Louis and... Yeah, and SEMA's coming up soon, and I heard mm-hmm. LA Auto Show is going to be on for November, so that could be interesting. <laughs> oh, LA Auto Show, yeah. November. I mean, it's a go for now, but, you know, things change last minute, especially in California. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to all these things. It's so weird to me when I hear um, people interviewing Fauci, and they're like, is it okay <laughs> to go trick-or-treating? Like, you're not cool with your nine-year-old walking around outside, or do whatever you want, or do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> Just do whatever you want. Uh, what? 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 I, I, it's 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 befuddling. It's mind-numbing to me. Um, all right. So uh, in the car world, what's new? What's happening? What's going on? Uh, you know, the, first of all, overall, the the chip shortage is still a, a big pain in the ass for mm-hmm. for everything and. Uh, uh, I think it's going to bleed into overall sales for the next two years mm-hmm. of new vehicles. Maybe that continues to drive up prices of new sales. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, car, the companies are still trying to, to innovate, come up with new stuff and see what's, you know, new Toyota Tundra is a big truck that's out. The, uh, the Ford Maverick is a small truck is starting to be delivered. Uh, I just, I was funny. I was just in, in town visiting with a 
with a family and had a cousin from New Mexico and he was basically saying, uh, I, you know, I need something to drive around town. I want to tow a little Airstream, like a little 16-foot Airstream a couple times a year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, I'm going to get the Maverick. He's going to get the Maverick with the all-wheel drive version and the bigger engine and the nicest version of it. I was like, yeah, uh, how that, you know, when did I end up coming? I was like, yeah, 36 grand. Yeah. 36 grand for like the fully loaded Maverick. I was like, well, you can't do better than that. It seems like it's a pretty good deal and it's enough power and enough torque to to tow around the trailer i think the trailer is three thousand pounds the tow capacity is four thousand pounds mm-hmm. they're just going a few places in new mexico maybe twice a year with the trailer mm-hmm. i was like that's a pretty good pretty good little option yeah you got your name in on the uh lightning on the right? lightning yeah yeah that's uh that's a truck i could definitely see myself uh getting into i think the dooley's the Dooley's been a you know good trooper. I've been using it a lot, doing construction projects, hauling, and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's about um, got that thing like I don't know six years ago for you know twenty three thousand dollars or twenty six thousand dollars or yeah, or something yeah. like that. It's about the most truck you can get for for that price, but uh, I think I think in the next few years it'll be time to uh, switch over to the electric. You know, I, I just drove, I spent about a week driving the Ford Power Boost, which is the the EcoBoost engine with the battery and electric motors. Now, mm-hmm. this basically eliminates the range anxiety issue, right? And the ability right. having to charge, it basically does it for you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but it, it did have, you know, all of the plugs we talked about and the 220 in the back and uh, all the features you can imagine and the technology, it it rides good. The interior was gorgeous. Actually, I brought it over. We went out to dinner in it, and it had the, the cool leather interior because mm-hmm. that one it was the limited. Yeah, very uh, nice. It kind of had like a little bit of a weathered kind of look on the, mm-hmm. on the leather, so mm-hmm. it wasn't just straight. It you know, had like kind of a marbling effect. That thing was gorgeous, and everything in it seemed to work. And the you know four hundred something, five hundred miles per tank of gas combined with with the battery. Now that one that I brought over was the limited version, so it was mm-hmm. the nicest one you can get. Now you're in the seventy thousand dollar range for that mm-hmm. thing. But you know, especially if you're you know if you're in an area where you're like yo you know I'm in a business and I need the truck, but mm-hmm. you can afford to have the nice version. Like, that's as nice as anything else out there, it seems like. You know, it's as nice as the Lincoln Range Rover. Like, that was a pretty nice truck, even though it was a, it was a pickup truck. And then, you know, the, all the storage and everything that's happening in the back and the seats folding up and lockable storage. And it's, a, it's an interesting option as well. So the Lightning certainly is going to be cool. Uh, but, you know, you're going to go 300-ish miles, 250, 300-ish miles before you're going to have to top off that charge. So any long-distance towing is going to be a little bit tough. But as a as a truck around town and as a, as a daily driver, it's probably going to be more comfortable. I'm going to imagine that with coil springs in the back instead of leaf springs and the weight of the battery giving that low center mass, mm-hmm. I bet it's the smoothest riding. I was uh, I was watching uh, Jay Leno's Garage over the weekend. I think he's got some new stuff. I think he's got some uh, new episodes out there. Um, 
and uh, they were getting into the uh, all-electric Hummer. She brought over sort of a prototype-looking one. It didn't look very finished on the inside. And okay. It seemed yeah. like it was missing some fender skirts and some stuff like that. But uh, very interesting piece. But I'm still – is that thing delayed or have we just been talking about it for two years? So we were talking about it, and I saw it, uh, probably the one you're talking about, the prototype. I saw it uh, back at Barrett-Jackson Scottsdale. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, at the beginning of the year, and I believe, I believe the order was Rivian comes out like this month, mm-hmm. and then maybe the Hummer, and mm-hmm. then the Lightning the beginning of next year. So I think it's getting redder, ready to deliver. Yeah, Jay brought up something that was kind of interesting, which is when you're off-roading with an electric vehicle – you just really get to kind of commune with nature because you think about it, you're right in the middle of everywhere. And if you want to go off roading ostensibly, it's because you probably enjoy nature and scenery and the the tranquility of nature. And then you got the big diesel engine up there with the Cummings uh, turbo on it. And, uh, the exhaust system and stuff and you can't hear yourself think like you're literally just hearing a big built diesel as you're trucking down these very bucolic highways dirt roads you know in the middle of in the middle of nowhere and he said you know having the silence of the electric in the silence of the environment really adds a a dimension to it if you think about it because we're so used to doing that but it's a in a baja bug with the stinger exhaust thing in the air, and it's just throwing, yeah, right. everything's just like screaming and whiny and, and loud. And uh, it's kind of nice. It'll be interesting to see what that adds to that experience. GMC expects to begin Hummer EV deliveries to start in early 2022, and uh, the production of the pickup version is scheduled for the fall. And, uh, the SUV body style will be launched in about a, about a year later. So there's an SUV body style and then a Hummer body style, I guess. Yeah, yeah. The pickup truck version is the start. So the they just want to put platform. everything on that platform. And evidently, it's got really good range and it's got that cool uh, crab crawl. Yeah, the crab walk thing. Crab walk. Like. But you're right. I think... Um, uh, Jeep Wrangler has their electric version. I think it's a Wrangler XE or something, and they were kind of leaning in that into that as well. Sort of the tread lightly, like you know, why not do it quietly now? Like we've been putting this effort into making it work off road, and and everyone's into like you clean up off yourself and blah blah mm-hmm. blah. blah but mm-hmm. now why not just do it quietly? Right. You know, and I think they had the ad where you kind of like roll up. You can't even hear the thing with the top off and looking up at the stars and hearing nature, and mm-hmm. nature doesn't know you're there. Like that's mm-hmm. the point. Uh, but yeah, I think the EV stuff is. Is interesting, and then also we talked about the off-roading. Uh, I was talking to Alistair Weaver from Edmonds, and he was saying he just drove the hum the Hummer as well. We didn't get into that too much, but he drove the Bronco, not EV, but the Bronco has the one-touch uh, uh, accelerator pedal, like the EVs. The EVs you can turn it on and off, right? You could mm-hmm. you could take your foot off the gas, basically. 
off the throttle, hit the brake like a normal car. Or when you lift your foot off the accelerator, it applies the brake. So one pedal, one foot mm-hmm. motion. Mm-hmm. And it is it is a bit of a learning curve. I drove it in the Mustang Mach-E in traffic, and I was like, it's, it's interesting, but you have to think about it as you mm-hmm. adapt to it. But the Bronco seems to have it, even though it has a gas engine. It's a feature you can turn on. And he said it was kind of interesting, and you have to get used to it. But yes, as especially in the EVs like the Hummer and maybe the Jeep and some of the others, when you're going off road and you're doing that rock crawling, you know, sliding back or sliding forward, module left foot braking, and, and now you can do it all with one foot. Yeah, Subaru. You can even find the commercial Max Pata, but Subaru had a commercial from probably the seventies where they were in the hills and the streets of of san francisco and they were showing people trying to imagine that you got to picture some of those san franciscan streets which which do get very steep and everyone's driving a stick shift back in the day yeah so subaru had this like clutch that you would push down and then you could pop your foot off and and it would slowly engage on its own. I think that was the technology of it. So you ever hear of this? Yeah, no. you 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 could put push the clutch in and then take your other foot and I don't know, put it on the brake and then use your right foot to work the gas or or whatever it is. But it was and I don't know what called there's oh there was a few weird systems, you know. Yeah. V, VW Bug had an automatic but you shifted it. It was a clutchless I wonder if that super worked. Like, how well did it work? Because <laughs> I don't we have anti-rollback now. All the cars now yeah. stick. They, it applies like the e-brake, and then it... I don't think it made it out of the 70s, so <laughs> I, I don't know how well it worked. They're just like the VW Bug had... A friend of mine had one in high schools. It was a clutchless stick shift. Yeah. You just... Yeah, yeah. Maybe okay. a three-speed or four-speed, no clutch. I, I don't know how the hell it... Probably didn't work very well, but Subaru's system was called something. And and as as memory serves, I remember seeing a commercial from the seventies when I was a kid that was the Subaru, like you know, maybe in traffic going up a hill in San Francisco, yeah. but they had the had the timed clutch. And I I don't know if I'm even screwing up the technology, but I think it's like you'd push it in like you're pushing in an emergency brake back with your foot like they do back in the day and it, and i think it just slowly let out so you didn't have to you could remove your foot i don't know if you're freeing it up for the brake pedal yeah it's a, it's I, interesting it's it kind of interesting because do you do you use the brake because if the clutch if yeah if the clutch applied itself so you wouldn't roll back we'd have to put load on the engine mm-hmm. you know and then but it doesn't stall, so you'd have to apply some gas. I don't know. Max I, I think it was, I th- will look for I it. I guess it would, you would it's have to use the brake, right? Yeah. I think- it would say, don't worry about the clutch. You just worry about the brake yeah. and the gas, and then we'll worry about the clutch. Yeah. I'm, it, it just – I have a, a faint memory of it from, like, maybe the 78, 79, maybe the later 70s about Subaru, and they're going through a – Back before Subaru was talking about puppies and lesbians and stuff, they were actually talking about like mechanical shit yeah. on their car. That was uh, that was it. I don't even know 
if Subaru offered an automatic back then. Right. They may have just had like a four-speed, maybe a five-speed. All right. uh, Let me tell you about Lightstream credit card bills. Keep piling up, huh? Well, double-digit interest rates. Be smart. Pay off credit card balances with a credit card consultation, uh, consolidation, I should say. Consolidation loan from Lightstream. Rates start at just 4.98 APR with auto pay and excellent credit. Rate is fixed, so you'll never have to um, go up. It'll never go up for the life of the loan. You get a loan from five grand to a hundred grand, absolutely no fees. Even get your money as soon as the day you apply. Just for my listeners, you can apply now for a special interest rate discount. You'll get the interest rate, you'll get the discount, and it'll save even more. Only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash carcast. That is L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash carcast. Right, Matt? Yeah, subject to credit approval, rates range from 4.98 APR, percent APR, to 19.99% APR, and includes a 0.5% auto pay discount. Lowest rate requires excellent credit. Terms and conditions apply and offers subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash carcast for more information. Find anything, Max Zapata? No, I'm still looking. It's an interesting technology to do it with. What if you just clutch. type in uh, Subaru? Anti-rollback. Anti-rollback clutch, 70s or something. Something like that. Yeah, because now we do it all with with the brake, right? So right. we do the clutch and gas, mm-hmm. and the car holds the brake for a little bit. But now, because we can use electronics to apply brake pressure, it seems a lot easier to do. Uh, and it seems like everything has it. Well, but speaking of manual transmissions, when we went to Monterey and uh, Acura – Tease the a new Integra coming out. Their mm-hmm. latest teaser mm-hmm. uh, shows a manual transmission, so an optional manual in the Integra, uh, which everybody obviously loved the idea, blowing up the internet saying, "Ooh, new Integra is cool. New Integra with a stick is cool." Well, again, you know, as we've kind of discussed, um, I think people like the stick. To a degree, but they're also checking, bring a trailer and seeing what the manual uh, M3, you know, E46 M3s are bringing versus the, is it SMG? SMGs, yeah. Yeah, and and just in general, an old Aston Martin, something of that nature, you know, the stick is quite, fetches quite a premium over the automatic. So I think people are kind of looking at it as... Well, it's it's not a grocery getter. It's not an everyday driver. I'm probably not going to you know live in L.A. and drive a stick all day every day. But I'll get it. and It'll be a nice investment yeah. for down the road. I and you mentioned Leno. How many times is Leno? We've been over there, and he's like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's faster with the paddle, but I like it with the stick. I just like to row the gear. So it's more, you know, I like Max Pata wrote <laughs> Hill Holder. Yeah, that sounds about sounds like yeah. what I'm describing. Yeah. I knew they'd have to give it some euphemistic title. It wasn't just in... The Hill Hugger? <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, it's probably the Subaru Hill Holder. It was probably, you know, announced in 1976 or something. And uh, it's a clutch you just push in, it lets out on yeah, its own, I think. They announced... Uh, Subaru had it in 84, but a lot of other companies have. And like some like had it till recently... 
too. So till like the late 2010s. Really? Yeah. You got to see kind of how it worked. If there's any description of how it worked, I know you're looking into it, but kind of weird on the it's a, on the on the clutch side. So it's a device that holds the brake until the clutch is at the friction point, making it easier to start uphill from the stationary in manual transmission and automatic transmission automobiles. Hill holder works by holding the brake in position while the driver sets up and activates the first gear to move the car forward from a complete stop without fear of rollback. So, so it holds the brake. That's what it, and you a modern car clutch. would do. Right. But somehow it's – I wonder how it's doing it back then. Yeah, first introduced in 1936 as an option for the Studebaker president. <laughs> how, did they, how did they apply the brake hydraulically? Cat gut. Like everything was just <laughs> yeah, everything right. was just mechanical. Uh, the brake in the right. Studebaker probably wasn't hydraulic. I'm yeah, sure the brake had a, the brake probably had a cable something. on it. It probably held together with horse hair. Yes, right. Some sort of <laughs> some some sort of animal skin. Well, apply like a strap around a wheel and applies tension to the <laughs> strap. <laughs> Uh, well, let's talk about the Mercedes EQS. So I think e- I just saw a commercial for this uh, car. So we have I to believe. decide if this is a good-looking car or not. That's the first mm. thing. So uh, Mercedes is getting into the EV game. Um, I believe they have uh, an EV version of the S-Class, but this is a clean sheet of paper kind of standalone mm-hmm. car. Very swoopy, kind of plain-looking, but mm-hmm. uh, but – like what Mercedes has been doing, this is the pinnacle of luxury and technology. First of all, the interior, the interior dash looks like a giant screen. It's, I think it's three screens combined, but it's fifty. I don't know, fifty six, fifty six inches across. It's just mm-hmm. all screen mm-hmm. to control everything you can imagine. I kind of like that there are different layouts and options and be able to move things around on the screens as opposed mm-hmm. to no gauges in front of you and then right. just a big screen. Like, you know, mm-hmm. this is the advanced version of that technology, but still with gauges and stuff in it. So mm-hmm. kind of a kind of a cool look. Uh, I believe all the bits you'd expect from Mercedes with air ride suspension. And it's it's fast, but it's not the fastest thing out there, presumably because they'll have an AMG version at some point. What do you think they... Retail at sticker. Uh, I want to say the two versions. There's um an EQS 450 and mm-hmm. uh, an EQS 580, and I want to say 107 start and like 119 start hmm. for for the two vehicles. And the so range there, maybe 103 and 110. It's got a it's got to look like a Passat. It, it <laughs> a kind of bit. yeah, kind of like that. Um, but Mercedes is smart because they got that big light-up emblem in the front now. Yeah, right. So you can kind of shape it any way you want as long as you got the big Mercedes light-up emblem in the front. Uh, about 350 range. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure there's different configurations for it. And I want to say they are like – the two versions are 0 to 60 in 5.9 and like a 4.1. That sounds about right. So, I mean, they're not – they're not slow by any means. There's a 329 horsepower version and then a 516 horsepower version. All electric. Yeah, 631 pound-feet of torque. So, yeah, zero to sixteen 4.1 seconds, um, which seems incredibly fast to me, but maybe not when you get into the world of Ludicrous Tesla speed. Model S Plaid and I, I can't Turbo S. But yeah, 
Yeah, that's fine. But an AMG version is probably going to come down the line, and they're going to. So that'll be all electric. It. Yeah, it'll too. be all electric. Yeah, so 350 been, range. I mean, we're still hovering around that. That you know, 350. By the way, is is at the high end of the EV world, other than what Lucid is claiming. What's Lucid claiming? Uh, up to 520. Wow. And wait, have, who's Lucid? Lucid is a new uh, car company. Yeah, you know, it is. They have a luxury sedan. The whole thing about the um, the whole thing about the range is it, it's about the range, but it's also about the speed of charging. You know, if you can get that speed of charging yeah. down a little bit, uh, that would be that would be a good thing. Yeah. So the Lucid is the one that everybody says looks like RoboCop's helmet. Right. <laughs> yeah. The, you know, the rallies is I I now plug in. My uh, Lincoln, yeah, and I'm just I just plug it into 110 and just sort of leave it overnight, yeah. and you get like 19 miles or something out of it. But if you plug it in and you come back two hours later, you get two miles. Yeah, you know, it's really about it'd be nice to come in, plug it in for two hours, and go back out and have 20 miles on it. That's really kind of the stumbling right. point, right? And I don't know that anyone is wrap their head around that one it's not something they drill down too much on um well with, with when you put the charger in your garage like your tesla charger that you you have at the at the house mm-hmm. uh, i don't know how quickly it it, it gives you, but everyone's doing this like hey within a couple of hours we'll get you up to about 80 percent charge right so right. you can get in most cases what is that 100 120 miles for the full ev cars mm-hmm. but since the range on the Lincoln, I don't know what the total EV, like 31 miles maybe? Nah, I think it's, it seems to be like 23 right. or something. Um, and I don't know how it uses it. Like, you can say to use it uh, initially, like if you're just going up and back PCH to the coffee I, shop. I don't but know. I, but I you it, know, it, it's kind of interesting in that sometimes you plug it in, it goes up. I really twenty one miles is about it's about yeah. the best you'll do, and then you go all right twenty one miles, and then you pull down the driveway and you pull up to the signal and it's down to sixteen miles, and it's like <laughs> that we didn't travel one mile. <laughs> yeah, how did we get from twenty one to sixteen? But on the other hand, I don't know. You know, I just first things first. You just I just plug it in when I get home. Yeah, it's it's not a big. It's not an issue. I don't. I don't know why everyone sort of has that. Oh, you got to, you know, this a pain in the ass or whatever it is. You know, I just plug it in, and if, if it'll stay overnight and it get up to nineteen, maybe twenty miles, then maybe I can go back and forth to work and only use a gallon of gas or right. some some version of that. And then you plug it in again, and it it sort of chips away. Mm-hmm. I haven't documented it, but. I would imagine if your work was 10 miles from where your home was and you plugged it in every night and just kind of went to work and back, then you take your tank of gas and instead of having to fill it every 10 days, you fill it every 17 days or something. You just kind of stretch it out a little bit. Right. And the motors and stuff in in your car, it'll kick on that gas engine when you – you know, when you floor it or have to pass somebody or you're getting up to a freeway to a certain, you know, freeway speeds, it's going to, it needs the gas engine to move it. But for the most part, you're right. You can inch around and move it around and pull up the stoplights and parking it's, it's lots. It's not, and, you know, the reality is, is 
at a max of maybe 19 to 21 miles after, you know, a 24-hour plug-in. The reality is, is it's not really a game changer. It's kind of helpful, but it's not really a game changer. The game changer would be 50. Yeah. And and 50 full charge overnight or 50 full charge on three, four hours or mm-hmm. something like that. I guess I could uh, – did we ever look into – we've talked about like the Tesla adapter that – that there's an adapter that you could maybe get from the Tesla to bring it over to the to the Lincoln to the Lincoln right and the Lincoln has two plugs it has the universal plug like if you went to a shopping mall or something you wanted to plug it in right and then i don't know what your cable looks like that that plug that goes in the vehicle and then on the end it just has a regular 110 three prong mm-hmm. plug mm-hmm. yeah so maybe there's some I think it has a thing you can turn and get it to 220. But is there adapt? Is there an adapter? Yeah. I, re- so, I remember I found it at one point, and I yeah. actually think it's somewhere saved in my Amazon. All right. So well, I'll take turn. now. Yeah. The adapter would go into the end of the Tesla one, and then plug right into the uh, right yes. into the Lincoln. Yes. Right. That's where the adapter yeah. would go. Yes. It would go at the at the end of the plug coming off the Tesla charger on your wall. Right. So it would only need to be, you know, 10 inches long or something, right? Right. Just like some, whatever the size of the handles are with a little bit of cable in between. Well, I, I don't know. Is it a little bit of cable or is it physically just... Uh, or uh, or just, uh, just a plastic plug and then... Yeah, like you're going to convert something from a Euro plug to mm-hmm. an American yeah. plug or vice versa. Like yeah, that kind of thing. Like, or even like to oversimplify it, they have those three prong to two prong adapters. Mm-hmm. Remember those little yeah. things? I don't know why. By the way, I would always just bust off the third prong on my extension cord sometimes <laughs> yeah. if it was in the way. I don't. I don't think you're supposed to. Well, probably not. <laughs> but I'm a rebel. But uh, literally, just plug it into the back of the. Yeah. See what that? Because uh, I should get. I should get one of those bad boys because I do have the Tesla in the garage. Obviously, it's just not feeding me. And then I ordered uh, another cable. It's like six hundred and fifty bucks or something. But it's um, right. So you're showing us kind of what I thought it was going to have a little bit of cable in between for some reason. But it but it does probably because there's there's probably just more going on in that adapter that you couldn't just do it in a plug. You needed more space. Mm -hmm. So this, what this takes you from a Tesla charger to a universal electric car plug, like the plug that you'd find in any shopping mall or whatever. Right. Right. So So you go from there to universal, which just means then you have to plug your cord you, no, the, you wouldn't have to. So this plugs into your. It's what you're talking about. Oh, it is. Yeah, it goes into your Tesla. So Universal plug. would fit in the Lincoln. Yes, it should fit in the Lincoln because that was my question: is is how does it connect to the Lincoln? But uh, even though all of these cars have their proprietary plug, mm-hmm. there's 
the plug is shaped that it also fits the universal, like you'd go to a mall. Oh, right? like I see. I go to Santa Monica I Mall, see. and right. I plug in. That's not a 110 out. That's a 220 right. at the mall. It's not right? a Lincoln 210 right. or right. 220. And sorry. So so that was sort of the agreed upon thing with all of the car companies is, mm-hmm. hey, if there's going to be some independent like charge port network or charge mm-hmm. nation or whatever mm-hmm. it is, charge mm-hmm. America, mm-hmm. anybody can use it. But you can't take your Lincoln to the... Ch- to the Lincoln, to the uh, Tesla charge station. That's only for Tesla owners. Right, But right. the Tesla guy can go to Santa Monica Mall and plug it in, right? Well, so then that's, that's the what adapter. I need. Okay. Yeah. Just uh, check the warranty and check the reviews and make sure it, <laughs> you know, because uh, what, you, what you don't want is just like, oh, you use that plug. And then when every time you go and unplug it in the morning, you're like, holy shit, this hot, this thing is hot. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what's going on in there? You want to make sure it's a, a, a good quality Now, do you piece. think that's items sitting in a shipping container out in Long Beach it, in the bay somewhere? Because that's what it feels like it, to it, me. It very much could be. I keep reading all the articles about that, by the way. Everyone's like, oh, everything's floating off the side of Long Beach and the Gulf and Texas and everything. And and I I get it's a combination of things. It's it's uh, it's we've ordered so much more stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Mail order, so that filled it. And then uh, getting manpower on the docks mm-hmm. and getting trucks, mm-hmm. but. Somebody, a longshoreman, I think, wrote an article, sort of an op-ed, anonymously. He's like, what's the real problem? And he was like, the real problem is, in California, you're, you can't buy a new semi-truck if you're a trucking company. Because there's a rule in place saying... Uh, Everything after a certain year, which is like now, anything like any, I'm making this up, but any truck after 2010 or 2015 is going to be obsolete because semi trucks have to be electric by mm-hmm. like 2025. Mm-hmm. But nobody really has on the market electric semi trucks to to buy that are mm-hmm. going to be worth anything yet. So all the trucking companies are like, we can't buy trucks. You're talking spending hundreds of thousands of dollars of something that we're going to be able to use for a few years. Right. And then there was some other rule about, um, there's like a, I guess in an effort to hire truck drivers, there's, there's a, like an, again, I don't know the proper term, an anti-owner operator rule. Mm-hmm. So if you own the, the truck or the several trucks, you can't drive it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to right. hire people to right. drive it. So they're saying, even if we, you know, the owner can't drive his own truck and then he can't buy new trucks. Anyway, that was right. kind of a one of the issues. Obviously, that's just more of a California issue. And I'm sure there's a lot more to it, but that was sort of the, well, the funny, like there's always a California thing yeah, that does it. That was just sort of the humorous part of it. We uh, There's also this, which is... It's always unintended consequences, you know. So we're big into unions. Um, other ports are open 24 hours a day. Ours aren't open 24 hours a day because of unions. But also, there's a lot of mechanation or not mechanation. Um, I'm trying to think of the word I'm trying to think of. Um, oh God, what word am I thinking of? Well, uh, mechanicalization or me- mechanizing. I guess, isn't mechanization? I don't know. Mechanization, I think, is what it would be. Uh, and that other ports have, like, robotic gantry cranes and right, shit okay. like that. They've yeah. innovated. Our port hasn't because that puts guys out of work. Right. And they're okay. in a union. 
Yeah. So they're going like no more. So I'm sure in Tokyo they have nav. You know they have they they have satellite uh, guided. Oh yeah. Mechanized robot fork, dogs forklifts <laughs> that are like moving everything. We got some 65 year old guys on a cigarette break, and his union is protecting his fucking job. Right. So everyone loves unions all the time, but unions look out for unions. They're not looking out yeah. for you. I think we've learned that from the school teachers unions <laughs> out here they're not looking out for the kids they're looking out for themselves so because we're all unioned up and we don't have the the, the technology that these others you know we're still we're, we're we're doing it how we did it in 1975 right pretty much yeah, yeah. I, I i'll bet you that's not what's going on in tokyo so between that and that we're we're fucked and behind and then of course you're right whatever they do everything in a bubble. Like they go, no more, you know, gas powered trucks by 2025. Mm-hmm. Okay. But there's some downstream effects right. of that. Yeah, and yeah. this is what we're running yeah. into. Sure, you the guys. air is going to be cleaner at the port, mostly right. because you can't have trucks at right. all. You've <laughs> but, over-regulated. But what are we going to do? How are we going to move shit around? How are we going to get it out to the stores? But it is interesting that, uh, uh, you know, uh, what's the term? Scabs, right? For the mm-hmm. non-unit. So I think Costco... And maybe Home Depot, they basically just said, oh, we're going to charter our own ships, we're going to hire our own people, put them on salary, and we're just going to bring in our own stuff, because we need to be able to sell stuff. They're like, forget it, we're not doing it the other way now. Right. We're not doing the the unions and the and the rules and the whatever. Like, why can't we just privatize it? Like, but And isn't that how everything is going to go, right? Yeah. Well, Tesla, Lucid, Rivian, all these car companies going, you know what the problem is, is the dealer network and the unions are like, let's just sell all of our shit direct and control the process. And, right. But you know, the legislator and Gavin Newsom's all going to be fighting because they're <laughs> going to be trying to get them unionized like Uber, you know, like they're trying right. to get Uber, you, you, you know, unionized and all that. That's what they want. So they want one big fat union. Yeah. And. Again, I don't know. Look no further than the teachers' unions. Like they really look back on the last year and a half. They really looking out for their for the kids, or <laughs> yeah. and and uh, and then it becomes this point where the unions start dictating shit to the politicians, which is where you get Rochelle Walensky of the CDC going. I don't think we really need masks back at school. And then ten minutes later, after she gets a note from the unions, <laughs> uh, you know, I changed my mind on that. Yeah. So is that really what you want? You want the you want the unions driving the policy because that's yep. that's what we're gonna get. All right, let me tell you about uh, Trico. Over a century ago, Trico was the first to make wiper blades. They've been a step ahead of Mother Nature ever since Trico engineers study your specific driving conditions to make sure you're ready for anything. Even if it rains cats and dogs out there, and it's actually raining a little bit out here in SoCal, and I was using my Trico wipers on the way out, work like a charm. Whatever the weather, Trico wipers maintain maximum windshield contact. No matter what your driving habits, you'll always find the right wiper blade for your vehicle. Trico, by the way, has been making wiper blades since 1917. Can you believe it? So to find a store near you and see the latest offers, visit TricoCatsAndDogs.com. That's TricoCatsAndDogs.com and uh, find out what Trico can do for you. All right, what else in the car world? I was just wondering if we got a little update on... uh 
on your 510 um, or uh, or the 200 SX because uh, Troy Ermish has been uh, racing. He's been out traveling. By the way, did you you saw he rolled the car? He's no. okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He rolled the car, and the video is up. What car uh, did he roll? I don't remember what he was what he was driving, but he was racing and. <laughs> I don't got a little contact with somebody and rolled the uh, rolled the car and uh, scary as hell. But I think he's I think he was fine and back in a car a couple days later. Um, Chris, you might be able to find Troy Ermish rolling the car. Um, I don't know if you're friends with Troy on on Facebook or f- uh, maybe his business page on Facebook. I think had it up there, but he posted it. Uh, but somewhere in between. I think before doing that and heading out to the race, he sent me a photo of of, of a donor car mm. uh, for the two hundreds. Like we got to make a body, you know, off of this thing. Is um, where that was okay. he at? What track was he at? I, I, I don't I don't remember. I just saw a note about it come up on like the feed, and I was like, oh, he rolled the car. And I didn't get the details, and then I he, hope it wasn't a five ten. Uh, I don't think it was the five ten. Yeah, you would have. Yeah, I don't think. Known. I think it was one of his kind of later model cars uh that he was that he was racing um uh, we'll see if we can find it or i'll see if i can find it but you know glad he's okay and i think he's back in the shop and he uh he sent the 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 donor car yeah we're working yeah. on uh tom cruise's yeah. uh this is your donor car two te- uh sorry 200 the sx 200 sx from uh the bob sharp days yeah trying to put that uh puzzle back together we should cut the body off this thing and then bring it here and drive it around <laughs> like do a devilish dirty give it to sunny like hey sunny here's your first car <laughs> Is it, I'm, I'm it's probably a five speed right yeah it's probably five speed he's gonna have to learn at some point Be yeah less is working on the bre 2000 roadster which uh evidently is making some progress second bre car ever built and uh Sean is working on the uh, 510 BRE, which could be the last BRE car ever built. Would, I mean, it yeah. was a privateer car. I think it was the last car. Does that, is that memory serve that way? Well, if it wasn't last, it was second to last. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many 510s. They weren't building Zs anymore back then. Uh, I, don't, I don't think they were doing Zs then. We could ask Pete Brock. I think that uh, yellow BRE 510 is probably the probably the last BRE car. I mean, there wasn't too many of them, so it's probably not that hard to figure out. Max Paddy, did you find any Troy Ermish no, rolling I'll, a car? I'll put, I'll put it up if I find it. I, 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 yeah, it's it's not public, Matt. So I, I have to be his friend online. Oh right, I got gotcha. you. Well, uh, I only bring it up because he's he's okay. Um, I think he was in. Uh, he was running his GT3. Maybe mm-hmm. it's like a like a 370, mm-hmm. like a kind of a modernish. Yeah, yeah, that sounds yeah. familiar. Yeah, I think that's the that's the car that uh, took a little hit. There was a couple of. Uh, let's see if I got. I can just show you. It's not really public, but this is kind of a picture you can see after it rolled. Yeah, the roof there. looks pretty squished in there. Yeah, yeah, it definitely looks like a 370. Yeah, I don't know where the video is, and uh, you know, and you're right. Maybe we're not, we're not we shouldn't show the video, but uh, kind of up to him. But uh, it's, it's, I, I well, if he put it up on his friend page, it's <laughs> you know, probably it's probably up there somewhere. But yeah. like he's he's you know he's fine. I don't I don't know the details. It didn't look like uh, 
you know, there was nothing like intentional or somebody got mad or you cut me off and I'm doing this or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like there was somebody got a little rubbing and uh, it caused them to flip, which is I that is the crazy thing, though, is because you've been on the track a, a bunch of times and you're right. You know, when a 914 comes in and puts a tire in your door or, you know, you get a little like, oh, this is a little a little nutty or you you know, you kind of get pushed off the track and you hit the dirt a little bit. This is one of those instances where it looked no different than that. And then the the car just got a little sideways and then rolled. It just flipped. Yeah, all the, <laughs> you know, the rolling stuff is not what you'd see during the opening of TJ Hooker, where <laughs> the car like launches in the air. I mean, the kind of last car, you know, the John Morton roll with the scarab wasn't much. And the, um, well, the other car he flipped in was it in Daytona. Uh, yeah, the Z yeah, car. The Z car. Yeah, that, you know, it, it, the, the other one was a Acid Martin V8 during an open track day. Remember down yeah, at Laguna right, Seca yeah. several years ago, down at the corkscrew kind of slid off and yeah, went and then down like flipped and then hit the tires no the- i think it slid off hit the tires and just sort of popped up right and, okay. and turned over i've seen phil my dog do that move when he's excited <laughs> barking at other dogs through a fence at some point he'll just pop up and turn over <laughs> it, that's what that that zeke uh, that's what that v8 vantage yeah. did um what we're trying to say is it it's it's not tj hooker it's like it's usually not that spectacular there's just this confluence of things that happens right. it, it the difference between trading some paint having a guy's tire bonk you in your quarter panel or getting a little sideways or spinning out versus turning over it just takes one other little element that's right. in there yeah, there's one not thing. there's not much to it it's just a it's just a thing that happens in the midst of something that could happen in a much more pedestrian way. The GT3 uh, Nissan 350. All right, yeah. that's car. All right, do your uh, yeah, 350. Spot. Yeah. Uh, do you own your home or you rent your home? Well, either way, it can be a lot of hard work. But you know what's easy? It's bundling your policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. And that's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home already. So just go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. All right. Uh, Ray Improv doing a special show there October 30th. Um, now, it says Jay Leno, but that show's sold out. So I don't know why people don't get the message to whoever puts the <laughs> plugs up, but it's always an issue. Uh, but Rob Riggle, which is the early show, there's still some tickets available for that. And coming up, Baltimore, Philadelphia, and Portland as as well. Go to amcroll.com for all the live shows. What do you got, Motorator? Uh, like we said, we're doing some traveling and uh, some car events, so just follow me at Motorator to keep up. So, till next time, Adam Crow from Matt, the Motorator, DeAndrea saying, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com.
rockauto.com. Why spend 30 to 50%, even 100% more for the same parts that a chain store or dealership might have? Why spend so much there? Why not go to rockauto.com? It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Everything from engine control modules to brakes to motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic car or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few clicks delivered direct to your door. Go to rockauto.com. See all the parts available for your car or your truck. Write Corolla in the How Did You Hear About Us? So that is Corolla, C-A-R-O-L-L-A, in the How Did You Hear About Us box. So they know we sent you an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Hey, Geico, do you own? Do you rent? Well, you do one or the other, right? You know, it's hard work out there. Owning, renting. You want to save some money? How about your bundle? Bundle your policies at Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle the homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you got so much to do already. Go to Geico.com. Get a quote. See just how much you could save at Geico. That is Geico.com today. That's Geico.com.